I'm Deidre. And I'm Chelsea. And we're giving you a million murders. Hello, everyone. Hello. We are back. We are back with another one. Um, another one bites dust. So today, I'm not actually doing a case, but I'm going to do updates in uh, true crime cases. Mm. So I went back and kind of looked at my shocking news stories, mm-hmm. saw what was on there. If there was any updates on those, I kind of grabbed a few. And then um, there was a really big update for a case in our state. So I felt like I've got yeah. to tell the people. Do the update. Right. So story number one is the story of Crystal Rogers. Um, this is one that Kentuckians have been talking about since oh, gosh. 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we all kind of, the true crime people at least have probably all heard this. But recently, there have been some major updates in the case. Uh, Crystal went missing on July 3rd of 2015. Her boyfriend, Brooks Houck, said she had disappeared overnight from their home in Bardstown, Kentucky. A few days later, her car was found abandoned on the Bluegrass Parkway, and no one has heard from her or seen her since. To make things worse, this poor family suffered from another tragedy, when Crystal's father, Tommy Ballard, was shot once in the chest while hunting on his private property a year and a half later with his 12-year-old grandson there. Which um, is her son, right? N- no. It's not what her son? No. So this was her brother's son. Okay. So they would go hunting, and then he was out there getting ready to get started. It was really early in the morning, mm-hmm. obviously, because, well, some people may not know that's when you hunt. And um, he was shot out of nowhere. And the little boy had to call 911. It was very tragic. Um, so, and he did pass um, yeah. from that gunshot wound. And then in 2020 and 2021, the FBI became involved in the case and started searching Bardstown for any evidence they could find involving Crystal's disappearance. They found a body, but once a DNA test was completed, it was found that the identity of the remains didn't match Crystal's DNA. They did announce that an item of interest was found in August of 2021, and this item was found in the concrete at one of the homes Brooks's construction business um, had built. Mm -hmm. Um, But they never did really come out and say what that was. Um, And then in September of 2023, Joseph Lawson, a local man who worked for Brooks's company, was indicted by a grand jury in Nelson County on charges of conspiracy to commit murder and complicity in tampering with physical evidence. Um, So also that's a little blanketed too. We don't really know Mm -hmm. what the physical evidence was. It could have been a body. It could have been a murder weapon. You know, we just don't know. The indictment actually didn't identify a specific victim, but the dates matched the time Crystal disappeared. So they didn't even come out and say in her investigation, but Mm -hmm. they just listed the dates and those do match. Then on October 5th, 2023, Brooks Houck was arraigned in the county circuit court and was given a $10 million bond. $10 million bond. The newest information found in the investigation is that a gun has been recovered that was sold by Brooks's brother, Nick Houck, under mm-hmm. an alias. And he was a cop. Yep. 
Nick was a former Bardstown police officer <laughs> who was fired <laughs> for interfering with the investigation. This gun could be a match for the murder weapon used in the killing of Crystal's father, Tommy. Mm-hmm. They are currently testing the rifle, and so far it has matched four out of five criteria, proving the firearm was the one used to kill Tommy. So that's all that I have for now. Mm-hmm. Um, there could be more updates right now. I just don't know. Um, but when I last checked, they were waiting on that fifth test to come back to prove that it was the murder weapon. So, hopefully we will find that, mm-hmm. and then we will get a little more and information. And I hope it is, so that he, her mom can at least have some kind of justice, you know what I mean? Yes, yes. Well, and there's also, I think there's um, a custody battle going on as well for, now that Brooks is mm-hmm. in jail, um, or being held, um, I think that. Crystal's mother and Brooks's mother are Fighting. going through custody situations. Mm-hmm. So that's also going on as well. Um, but yeah. Okay. And then story number two is about the lady of the dunes. So the lady of the dunes was identified last year in 2022 as Ruth Marie Terry of Tennessee. She was found in the dunes of Provincetown, Massachusetts, Mm-mm. She was found in the dunes of Provincetown, Massachusetts, which is where her nickname was derived and was the oldest unsolved homicide victim in Massachusetts. A young girl was out for a walk and found her body in July of 1974. She was naked on a beach blanket and, trigger warning, her hands were severed. Her skull was crushed and she was nearly decapitated. Hmm. Yeah, it's... Yeah, it was very gruesome, the whole thing. She was 37 years old when she was killed by blunt force trauma to her skull. Terry was identified by using investigative genealogy, which combines DNA analysis with traditional genealogy research and historical records. I love it. I do too. I love a good, Mm -hmm. listen. Mm -hmm. So now that they've identified her, authorities have started looking into her late husband, Guy Rockwell, Moldovan, who had married her a few months before her disappearance. He was also the prime suspect in another one of his wives and a stepdaughter um, murders in Seattle back in the 60s. Hmm. Yeah, so, and I think they did find their bodies too. Like, I think they were just murdered. So he was a suspect in that one as well. And Guy actually died, of course, in 2002. Now, once the couple married, they traveled to Tennessee, where Terry was from, to visit her family. When her husband returned from Tennessee alone, driving Terry's car, he had told people, you know, back where they were living, that Mm -hmm. um, Terry had passed away. She was never seen by her family again, and authorities believe that Guy was the killer, but they haven't provided any more information on what was uncovered to come to this conclusion. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. You know, it's crazy because she was, they thought that she was in Jaws, potentially, the movie Jaws, Mm -hmm. because there was a woman on set that was wearing, um, I think they found her clothes at the scene, and the clothes were similar to um, this woman in Jaws. Like, it was like their outfits almost matched, and their bodies, too. Mm Um, so I feel like Stephen King's son came up with that. Maybe I'm not a hundred percent for sure. Um, so I don't think we ever figured that out. I don't think it was her. Um, but that was just something that was being said. So story number three is an update in the baby Holly case. 
I don't know if y'all remember uh, Holly. Oh, yeah. Yes, Holly Marie Klaus, the one where um, she was found alive out in, like, Oklahoma, but she was from Texas. And, um, Rebecca. Yeah, Rebecca. <laughs> he was, she was found in Texas, and, um, mm-hmm. yeah, her parents were still alive. But she was, like, kidnapped by the lady who said she was going to babysit her. Or, no, 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 no. Nope. Wrong oh, one. No, baby Holly is the one where her parents were murdered, Tina and Dean. Oh, yeah, and they were in that cult or something. Is yeah, that... they think the cult had something to do yeah, with, with it. Yeah, with her death, yes. Yes, because then they did take the child um, and took her, like, out west. And then she was adopted, but her parents were killed and right. found in Houston. Mm-hmm. So, okay. okay. Okay, so um, the update in the Baby Holly case came out in January um, that we've missed. And while it's not much, I'm hoping it turns out to be something they can use. Mm -hmm. Um, So over 40 years after Tina Lynn and Harold Dean Klaus were murdered, a final search on the plot of land where the couple was murdered back in 1981 took place. Two dogs that were brought to the site correctly and without leading found the area where the bodies were recovered. They bagged a few items and a soil sample from the scene. And the main reason the search took place is to give a green light for a gas station slash convenience store to break ground in the area, but also to check one last time for any missed clues in their unsolved murders. So there's going to be a gas station there at mm-hmm. some point. Mm hmm. So the four search dogs, their handlers, and as well as 12 Texas Attorney General investigators were a part of the search. The dogs searched the 15-acre plot, and the handlers were also unaware of where the crime took place to make sure the entire area would be properly searched. The dogs were trained to indicate scents of decomposition dating back to the Civil War era. Oh, wow. Which is wild, right? Mm -hmm. From an article of clothing with blood on it or human remains like a bone. So... Hmm. The fact that dogs, we don't deserve dogs. I know. We really don't. I mean, that's insane. But um, once the dogs were finished, investigators used metal detectors, rakes, and other search equipment as well. Um, One sergeant was quoted saying, Our goal for today is to make sure we've done all that we can to recover any evidence in this case. And that was Sergeant Kading. And she said that to ABC News. Mm -hmm. Or they said that to ABC News. The sergeant also stressed the dual agency effort between her own organization and the attorney general's office of Texas and local law enforcement. So Houston police department, that kind of thing. Hmm. Um, Now law enforcement has admitted that it is a long shot that they will be able to find anything due to the time that has passed from the murder and the damp weather conditions of Houston, which because it is so humid (laughs) along with the local wildlife, but they but that they're going to check every box because they owe it to the families to do so. Mm-hmm. The canvas didn't turn up any specific evidence um, law enforcement searched for, but they will consult with a lab regarding the samples they retrieved and if needed, will return to the land before it's developed. In the meantime, they're asking for the public's help saying if anyone remembers anything or has heard anything, no matter how small report it, you can remain anonymous. Just please let us know. And that was said by Mindy Montford, a senior counsel for the Attorney General's specialized unit. So hopefully something will come from yeah. this. And hopefully, or someone will come forward, hopefully. Yeah. Okay, so story number four. Um, 
Police have started turning their attention to who killed the boy in the box, Joseph mm-hmm. Sorelli. The child was from West Philadelphia and was murdered at the age of four years old. Staff Inspector Ernest Ransom is the new head of homicide and oversees the investigation. He said if there's a person or suspect of a suspect or person of interest that is still alive, they will investigate and arrest them if they're connected to the crime. As of right now, there are no official suspects or persons of interest, and the tips have been few and far between. But Ernest said that there was one tip that has come in, and they're looking into it right now. He said he always wants to be optimistic, but on a scale of 1 to 10, he is at a 5 on being hopeful that someone can be brought to justice due to the amount of time that has lapsed between the crime and now. Because mm-hmm. the crime happened in like the 40s or 50s. I was about to say. Maybe is, 60s. Is this the one where they didn't have, didn't know the parents? Like who the parents was? Yeah. Like they found, so they found him in the box, like by like a dumpster or something, um, or somewhere. And he was, you know, deceased. And then. They couldn't figure, no one came up forward to claim To him. claim the child. And so they, like, t- did a sketch of his body to see if somebody would come forward, and no one ever did. But they found out who his parents were. Okay, I was about to say, yeah. they eventually found out. Yeah, they so they know who the parents were. Well, they did? I think so. Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure they passed away already, because I think they would have been, I can't remember what decade it is, mm-hmm. but, like, they either were... They're either going to be, like, almost 100 years yeah. old at this point or something. I wonder, though, like, back whenever they'd done the sketch and stuff, the parents never came forward. Like, what if they were the ones that done it? I think they're trying to figure that out, but they don't know 100% for sure. Yeah, no, the parents have passed away because there's some distant relatives that are still alive. Um, I may actually talk about that. I'm not sure. But... um. There was a blue hat that was also found at the scene with Joseph, but unfortunately they couldn't pull DNA from the cap. Joseph's identity was found through DNA and detectives were hoping that they could match something off the cap with the suspect or with a suspect. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately they couldn't. So hopefully we can find some more stuff and we yeah. can figure out who did this, but that's kind of all we have for now on the boy in the box. Joseph Sorelli. I feel like I need to say his name now. We know Joseph who he is. Joseph Sorelli. Yeah. Say his name, girl. Yeah. So, um, okay. So now I'm just going to talk over the traffic because I can't be concerned anymore. (laughs) Anyway, um, so some brief updates. Melody Sasser is going to trial and the date is set for December 12th of this year. Now, Melody was the woman from Tennessee who met someone on Match.com. And when he broke things off to be with another woman, she hired a hitman to kill his fiance. Mm-hmm. Remember that? That mm-hmm. happened in Tennessee. Um, so she's going to be going to trial in December for um, for that. And then um, a seventh man has been charged in the Rosenda Strong case. Rosenda was the indigenous woman who lived on a reservation whose remains were found in a refrigerator at a dump site on the reservation. Six people, consisting of five men and one woman, were originally charged with some sort of cause to her death from the murder itself committed by the woman to transferring to transporting her body, which took which the men took care of. The seventh man who has been indicted um, or charged is Kevin Todd Brim. 
and is being and he's being charged as an accessory after the fact or with kidnapping resulting in the death of Jedediah or Jedida? Jedida. Oh, Jedida. I feel like I called her Jedediah. I'm sorry. Uh Jedida Moreno, who was the woman who killed Rosenda. Because mm-hmm. remember it was like Rosenda was killed and then the woman who killed her was killed. Yeah. And they were all like a part of both of their murders, whether mm-hmm. they, you know, did this or that. Um, so they found a seventh person. I mean, the fact wow. the amount of people who were involved in these two deaths is that's crazy. Insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so then more details have come to light on the Mary Elizabeth Wright case. She was the woman who was pushed off a cliff in Alabama mm-hmm. by a woman named Loretta K. Carr. And at the time, they didn't know how the women had even crossed paths. Now, Carr's daughter, Jessie Eden Kelly, who is 22 years old, has also been charged with killing Mary. So the woman who pushed her's daughter is now also being charged. And the judge overseeing the case has agreed to allow the defendant to physically revisit the scene where Mary felt her death. Carr's lawyers argued that the facts of this case make it impossible for Carr to describe the scene to her attorneys in sufficient detail and asked the judge to allow her to visit the crime scenes. Hmm. Now, in addition to being able to visit the cliff, defense lawyers requested access for other areas deemed crime scenes, including the home of Carr's fiance, Robert Mitchum, um, and Mary's home where sheriffs say there is physical evidence that a struggle occurred. The sheriff said that all the women knew each other and appeared to have been connected through someone's boyfriend. Hmm. So they didn't say whose, but yeah. So those are all the updates that I have. But that was good. I like that. Yeah. Like, I feel like a long time ago, I remembered saying like, and if there's any updates, we'll let you all know. Yeah. And you're the, <laughs> and I never did them. And so I you've went done, back. Yeah. I was about to say, you've done more than I have. Yeah. Of the, like the, the shocking news stories. I'm yeah. like, you hear those one time, then you never hear about yeah. them again. Um, and but I, sometimes we don't get updates on a lot of the cases that we do. That's what I was just about to say. I was like, sometimes they, cause like I tried to do a couple of them that I really, that were really sticking out in my head. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I don't think I can remember one off the top of my head right now, but there was like a couple of ones that I thought, Ooh, yeah. What did happen after that? Um, but yeah, so those are the stories for this week. Um, so if you have any questions, comments, concerns, you can email us at Amelia murders at gmail.com. Uh, you can check out our Instagram and the pictures of the cases we do. And you can also go to our Facebook page where we try to update when we can. Um, if you don't have an email or if it's just easier, if you have questions, you can just post them on that and all that. Yes. So thank you all so much for tuning in. And we hope you come back for a, a million, million more. more. Bye. Bye.